Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, October 18th. On this date in 1648, Boston shoemakers were authorized to form a guild to protect their interests. That became the first American labor organization on record. On this date in 1898, the American flag was raised in Puerto Rico just before Spain formally relinquished control of the island to the U.S. And here's your morning trivia. If you love music and gadgets, this one was cutting edge, and it made its debut on this date in 1954. The Texas Instruments Regency TR1 was the first of its kind. But what was it? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, it's time to check on your first alert forecast. A good Wednesday morning to you. Get ready for a bit of a chilly start first thing this morning, but that chill will fade away as sunshine takes over, warms our temperatures up through the 50s and 60s this morning. We'll hit about 70 at lunchtime, low to mid 70s for highs this afternoon. And we start to cool back down once we get into this evening. Tomorrow morning, not as cool as this morning and yesterday morning. We'll still be back in the 50s for the rest of this week for morning lows. Small chance of a shower tomorrow. Most of you stay dry. Better rain chance on Friday. Can't even roll out a late day thunderstorm with the cold front that comes through. Behind that, all sunshine for the weekend. Highs in the low to mid 70s with morning lows in the 50s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The State Court of Appeals is allowing Alec Murdoch to sideline the appeal of his conviction for the murders of his wife and son so he can officially request a new trial. That motion was granted yesterday, allowing the case to go back to circuit court for a hearing over allegations of jury tampering. Murdoch is currently serving two consecutive life sentences. In the motion to suspend his appeal, Murdoch's attorneys argue the jury was tampered with by Colleton County Clerk of Court Becky Hill. This order requires Murdoch's legal team to file status updates every 30 days. No word yet on when we could see an evidentiary hearing. A U.S. district judge ruled the state of South Carolina will retain control of Alec Murdoch's assets. This comes after Murdoch's request that the federal government be in charge of his assets. They were placed in receivership back in November of 2021 to prevent the hiding, concealing, misappropriating, selling, encumbering, transferring, impairing the value of and otherwise deposing of any assets. Last month, Murdoch pleaded guilty to 22 federal charges of financial crimes. Those included conspiracy to commit wire and bank fraud, bank fraud, wire fraud, and money laundering. And an update to a story we've been investigating. The Mount Holly Century Aluminum plant in Berkeley County says it's officially back to stable, normal operations. Neighbors in Goose Creek expressed concern this summer, saying they saw alumina dust on everything outside of their homes. Century Aluminum did confirm it had four events where the dust was unintentionally released last month. The plan has been working with the State Department of Health and Environmental Control to address the issues. It says it descaled its emission system and replaced the bags that capture the dust, stabilizing that whole emissions process. As of now, they say no citations or penalties have been issued. Some of the people living in West Ashley are sharing their frustrations about trash in and along Bees Ferry Road near the Charleston County landfill. Community members say that the trash falls off large trucks large trucks and comes from the nearby homeless population. Critics say it is an eyesore, but they're also worried about potential health risks regarding the stormwater drains. One of the major drains with trash was cleared by the State Department of Transportation on Monday, but one resident worries the overall problem won't go away. Just frustrated because nothing nothing changes. And I know a lot of people 
have posted that they've just given up. They're like, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. Just leave it as it is. But every time I see it, I can't, I can't stand to look at it. And it's just, it's sad. SCDOG tells us crews will continue working in the area to clean the litter over the coming weeks. The city of Charleston has announced a new app designed to make your daily life even better. The mobile app is called CHS Trash Tracker. Now that app is set to what they're called rev uh, revolutionize the way that residents receive and manage garbage, trash, and sweet street sweeping service information. Say that a couple it's times. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Well, Live Five's Destiny Kennedy is live in Charleston. Tell us more about how this app is going to benefit you. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, Katie and Shelby. The city of Charleston has taken a significant step forward in improving the way residents interact with their local services. This application allows residents within city limits to input their street address and instantly access their area's garbage and trash collection schedules. The schedule can be easily printed or synced with popular calendar apps. CHS Trash Tracker also offers schedule changes, alerts, valuable information about various city services. The app is designed to be user-friendly, allowing residents to submit work order requests to different city departments with ease, which will allow departments to respond in a quick and efficient way. There are plans to expand the app, starting with an educational page that will provide city ordinances. The app has been live for three weeks and has about 800 users. Deputy Director of Public Service Matt Alltop told me about the community's response to the new app. Everybody loves the reminders. Um, um, it's very simple to use, uh, very user-friendly. Um, you know, we're going to add to it as we go, but we wanted to get it out there right now for the collection schedules and the reminders and things out there. CHS Trash Tracker is available to download on both Apple and Android smartphones. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Uh, the fate of the Charleston County School District Superintendent Dr. Eric Gallion remains unclear. Last night, the district's board of trustees took no action after their meeting to discuss Gallion's settlement agreement. But just hours before that meeting, uh, meeting Gallion sent a letter to the board withdrawing his proposal to leave the district. As Madeline McBride reports, several board and community members were wondering why the meeting was even held. Well, there was a huge turnout at last night's meeting with one item on the agenda to review a proposed settlement agreement and release from Superintendent Dr. Eric Gallion. But that discussion was supposed to happen in executive session or behind closed doors, leaving several community and board members concerned about what would be decided and if Gallion's letter would be ignored. Could you please explain to me why we are going into executive session to discuss a review of proposal settlement agreement and release from Dr. Eric Gallion when it is publicly known that he has rescinded his agreement. After an hour-long executive session, the board returned announcing that no action will be taken and that they'll continue discussions with Gallion's lawyers. We reached out to board members for an interview, but they said they can't talk about what was discussed behind closed doors. Reporting in Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. 
Well, more questions are being raised about a development decision made by the Berkeley County School District. One board member says people aren't getting what they voted for, and he's worried about the legality of it all. County residents voted to bring back a K-8 through school to Nexton and an elementary school to Jedburgh. But Nexton may be getting a middle school, and the elementary school could be moved to Black Tom Road. The district says it made the changes because Nexton Elementary is no longer overcrowded. Plus... The Berkeley County Council voted against building on Jedburgh Road. Board member at large David Barrow feels he was left in the dark with the changes. I'm not a proponent of bringing things to the board at the last minute, hiding things from the public, because that's exactly what I feel like is happening. The board voted in Monday night's meeting to get legal advice and make sure the changes are allowed before moving forward with the projects. There's no word on when the projects will be back on the board's agenda. One low country organization is working to make sure you get your chance to vote in the upcoming elections. The South Carolina Coalition for Voter Participation is providing free nonpartisan transportation for the election on November 7th. And it's been doing so since 2000. You can catch one of those free rides from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Election Day. The service covers Berkeley, Charleston, Colleton, Dorchester, Georgetown, and Orangeburg counties. Anyone that's interested in the service is encouraged to call at least one week before the election. The number you call is 843-225-0822. Several candidates vying to become the next uh, mayor of North Charleston met to discuss their policies and answer some community questions. Our very own Raphael James moderated that mayoral forum in the crowded race at North Charleston City Hall last night. All but one candidate showed up to address issues like housing, crime, and economic growth. You can read more about the forum and even rewatch the entire event by clicking on this story on life5news.com. One GOP presidential candidate is making a couple of stops in the Palmetto State this week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is holding a Veterans Town Hall Friday morning ahead of a rally that afternoon in Merle's Inland. The town hall will open the doors at 1045, and it starts an hour later at the VFW Post on Highway 17. The presidential hopeful also has visits lined up in Anderson, Rock Hill, and Myrtle Beach. We're told he'll hold the rally at the venue Ground Zero at 2.30 p.m. Jury selection and former President Donald Trump's Georgia election interference trial is set to begin Friday as planned. It comes after the judge issued a slew of rulings yesterday, rejecting attempts to throw out the charges. The judge denied eight motions from Trump's co-defendants, Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell. The two pro-Trump lawyers, the first defendants to go to trial, already lost several bids to get the case dismissed. Jury selection, as I said, was is set to take place Friday. Neighbors say a Berkeley County intersection is tricky to navigate. It needs to be addressed right away. They say nearby development is causing some safety hazards at the College Park and Edgebrook Road intersection. One couple who's lived in that area for 60 years says it is only getting worse. They say an increased number of people are speeding through the area, and they've been asking for a traffic light for more than a year now. The state highway patrol says it was told a light was unnecessary because there's already a median. But residents say it's easy to turn into, especially at night. And if you have a road concern of safety, the South Carolina Department of Transportation asks that you send in that request to its customer service line. Preliminary work to extend Interstate 526 through West Ashley and Johns Island into James Island once again has the green light. The $75 million payment to finish the first steps of the road was approved by Charleston County earlier this year and then again 
by the State Transportation Infrastructure Bank yesterday. Some officials say this project is necessary to fit the region's growth and higher traffic. Others don't believe this is the best way to address congestion on roadways in the area. Yesterday's approval was only for the cost of finishing the prep work. Actual construction is still years away. An Orangeburg coalition is looking for some ways to address a growing homeless population in this city. That's after the city council proposed an ordinance that would make it illegal for people to sleep in the open downtown area. City leaders say the effort will address the growing number of people living on the streets in the downtown area. Some residents are fighting back, saying that this only criminalizes the homeless. The director of a local homeless shelter says there are other ways to address the issue. Think about this. If you're homeless... You don't have money to pay a fine. You see where I'm going? And if you incarcerate them, now you're going to overfill the jails with what? Homelessness. So it's more, it's more to it than that. That's why this coalition and bringing all of these key um, agencies together to talk about it, to talk about what we as a community can do to address homelessness. The proposal has since been tabled by the city's administrator. The coalition is set to meet October 24th to further discuss combating homelessness in the city. Remember the, cra- uh, the prisoner who crab-walked his way out of a Pennsylvania jail? An email claims a prison official warned that convicted murderer Danilo Cavalcante was planning his escape for months. About eight hours after Cavalcante escaped in August, a prison official sent the acting warden a message saying Cavalcante had the plan. In the email, Chester County Prison Sergeant Jerry Beaver said, quote, I'm just sending this because I don't want this to come back on us. Officials say from now on, inmates posing a potential escape risk wear different color clothing and have extra monitoring in the prison. Actor Alec Baldwin may not be off the hook for the death of Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust after all. Baldwin was holding a prop gun he thought was loaded. Uh, he thought was unloaded when blank, excuse me, he thought was loaded with blanks when it went off. Prosecutors dropped involuntary manslaughter charges against him earlier this year. Now they say new information has come to light that they think shows Baldwin has criminal culpability. They are set to present their case within the next two months. Baldwin's attorneys called his prosecution, quote, misguided, suggesting he would likely plead not guilty. The trial of a suspended Colorado police officer accused in the death of a black man walking home from a convenience store in 2019 is now underway. Officer Nathan Woodyard is the third officer from the Denver Area Police Department to be tried in the Elijah McLean case. He faces a single charge of reckless manslaughter. The defense says while McLean's death was tragic, it wasn't Woodyard who injected him with the sedative that killed him. The two other officers already went on trial. One was found not guilty. The other officer was found guilty of criminally negligent homicide and third-degree assault. The paramedics who administered that sedative also will go on trial next month. At the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 1954, Texas Instruments introduced the Regency TR1. It was the first commercially produced transistor radio. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, college and pro football Hall of Famer Mike Ditka is 84, actor Zac Efron is 36, and U.S. Olympic and WNBA basketball all-star Brittany Griner is 33. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
Morning, Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.